The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. Bryant sends one a deep left way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Way back in my feet, it could be. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. Holy cow. Look at the left fielder. He has the ball there. He has not won. And here comes the Cubs out on the field. The doctor is now in. Hour number two on this Tuesday. We've got some terrible Tuesday takes later on, so hang tight for that. Chris Basio joins us as we kick off this hour as we talk a little Major League Baseball. Boz the pitcher. Boz the coach. Boz the man. What's happening, my man? How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. What's shaking? Too much. It's a little, little toasty here in Phoenix, about 117. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is a terrible Tuesday, Boz, you know, as you know. And uh, we haven't got a chance to really formally get into our terrible Tuesday segment. But I thought I would take one of our terrible Tuesday stories and start with you, if you don't mind. Okay. Be, okay. <laughs> He's going, okay. Where's this going? All right. So here we go, Boz. Um, don't know if you heard about this story, but we have a major league pitcher, and I don't know if you know this guy or not because he is currently a pitcher with the Detroit Tigers. He goes by the name of Bo Burrows. Does that name ring a bell to you at all, boss? Because I knew you knew the last Tiger guy that threw the no-no. Yeah, you know we had Bo-, Bo in in spring training. You had Bo in spring training. Okay, so before I get into the story about Bo Burrows, what kind of pitcher is this guy? And tell like it is. What kind of guy is he? Well, he's you know like a lot of them, power guy. Uh, didn't have a lot of command, but big time arm, big time prospect. Okay, so Bo's a reliever. And he actually entered the game in the fourth inning Saturday as the Tigers were losing to the White Sox, you know, eight to two. Now, Boz, you've been there. I mean, you know, you bring in a guy from the pen. You're down six runs, fourth inning. You know, you're not going to be bringing in, you know, one of your good guys. I mean, you're probably in, you know, preserve mode right now of saving the pen, right? So you're going to bring in one of your ham and eggers, pretty much, right? I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so they bring in Bo Burrows, and he actually, believe it or not, he came in the fourth inning, actually kind of cruised through the fourth inning. But then when he went back out for the fifth inning, he ran into a little bit of trouble, gave up a walk, gave up two hits, gave up another walk, and then this happened. Well, Burrows looks like he's sick. In fact, I'm pretty sure he is. First time in the major leagues this year, and the emotions of the moment got the better of it. I'm going to check on Burroughs. Oh. 
We mentioned it's a hot day. Yeah, so Andy Fletcher wants to go out, and A.J. Hinch probably saying, you know what? Go in, take care of yourself, and we'll bring in somebody else. Yes, they. so Bo Burrows had to leave because he bent over on the mound and threw up. Not just once, but twice. And they had to go ahead and remove him from the game. But it even got worse, Boz. After the game, they sent him packing down to the minors. There you go. Yeah, that was their... uh... (laughs) I know it's sad, but COVID protocol. I heard about it. And and because fluid came out of them, they have to abide by the COVID protocol as far as somebody being sick. I mean, he had to go through all the COVID testing, and everybody around him had to redo it as well because of the contact tracing. Wow, wow. I did hear hear about it. So, you know, then again, so that kind of makes maybe, I'm not saying that we don't know if it was COVID or not, but I was going to ask you, how strange is it for a guy to actually do that once he's already been through one inning? Like I said, he crew, he came in the fourth. It's his first major league appearance, but he he cruised through the fourth. But then things got rough for him in the fifth, and, and then he ends up hurling there on the mound. Uh, to me, that seems a little bit strange. Or was he, do you think maybe the nerves got to him because he was starting to blow up a little bit in the fifth? Uh, Jake, Jake Arrieta in his last start threw up in between innings as well. I mean, I oh wow, you don't you don't hear a lot about it, but it it happens more than you think, and especially with you know, unfortunately, some of these guys, and you know, some you maybe some of your listeners, you know, might happen to you know after they've got their injections and well, and some of them have gotten you know really sick, and, and some of there's lingering effects. You know, it's it's bizarre. I. I got a buddy in Sacramento that he he had both he had both shots, and he said he still gets these just unbelievably horrific migraines that, and he gets sick from it, you know. And unfortunately, TC, it's not the last we're going to hear about stuff like this, especially athletes, you know, going out there and in the Midwest just got crushed with ninety-five degree weather and humidity, and now. You know, all the way up to Denver, and you guys are feeling it too. The weather is just—it's horrible right now. The heat index is it crushes you. And, and see, that's but, the thing. I, I, you know, I think a lot of people were just thinking it was nerves. And when I when I saw this and then read the story, everyone talked about nerves. But you're, you're right. This could be a legitimate COVID thing. It could be a legitimate health thing. You know, and again, yeah, people throw up for different reasons. The heat, or maybe they had, you know, bad pregame meal. Who knows, who knows what? Well, sometimes or, people that work out too hard and that, yeah, it, yeah, it makes you throw yeah, up from yeah, working out yeah, and that sort of yeah, stuff. But there's, there's some trainers that pride themselves on making their people throw up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's one of these instances. I, I think there was lingering effects from, you know, possibly, you know, the COVID-related things. I, I don't know. I'm speculating. I did hear about it, and and I know that they're now that there's that COVID protocol because now he's got a. It's not not like they're going to send him out immediately because now he's been around everybody up here, and now he's going back down there, and then there's going to be that, you know, protective COVID window that they have, you know, for this. Again, I don't know if it's COVID related, but to me, it sounds. Like kind of like the hangover you get from some of the symptoms. All right. 
So, Boz, back in your day, did you ever have a reversal of fortune? As the proper terminology is, as we've known from the uh, 4th of July hot dog eating contest. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no nerves ever. No nerves ever got to you. No reversal of fortune for you, huh? No, I'm been pretty, pretty lucky that way, I guess. <laughs> now, now, obviously, when it happened to Bo and he was on the mound, everybody saw it. You mentioned that Jake Arrieta threw up between innings in a game. So, was he immediately removed from that game and have to go to the the COVID protocol on that, or because it didn't happen in front of everybody, did they kind of sweep it aside? I'm assuming that if that's the protocol, that then he was probably removed from that particular contest. Is that correct? It's because Bo Burrows was called up and new to the the area, new okay. to the team. Jake was already an existing. You know, there a lot of the clubs are trying to get to that 85 percent. Thing, but some of the, some people just won't take the shots, and to each his own. They can't make them take it. But you know that's where they're having some difficulties trying to get over the hump. Because after that, then you'll see, you know, all the teams and the players, you basically with no masks on. And the people that you see wearing the mask on TV right now are usually the trainers and the coaches. Mm-hmm. Because they just can't get over that 85% hump number. Chris Bosio joins us, uh, the former pitcher, the former pitching coach, too, with the Chicago Cubs World Series Championship 2016. Boz, we talked uh, a little bit about this uh, with you last time. The uh, Now Major League Baseball is implementing a new rule, I guess, or we shouldn't say uh, it's a rule. I guess it's going to be more of a, a banishment. Uh, pitchers will be suspended now 10 games. If they're caught doctoring up the baseball, uh, good move, bad move by Major League Baseball here. It's going to be really difficult to police this, but from what I understand, and you know, we talked about this three months ago. You know, I, we, knew, we knew it was coming, and to what extent we're going to find out in the next, all the way up until the All Star break, because they wanted to implement it before that. And I feel like they've gotten enough, they've done enough due diligence and they've got enough evidence against certain players moving forward on this and to see if this thing gets tapered down because all they're doing is tracking these baseballs for all the guilty parties already to see what happens. They're, it's kind of like their way of shooting a flare. And now we're going to find out exactly, you know, where, where, where this takes us. Because it's more than just pitchers loading up on the ball. It could be the catcher loading up for the pitcher. It could be a middle infielder loading up for the pitcher. That way the pitcher doesn't have it on them. There's, there's a lot of different ways you could do this. And I think that's what Major League Baseball is trying to figure out is exactly how, who, where is it, how are they applying it, how many people are involved? Are they rubbing up the baseballs properly? Is it the umpires? Is it the umpire's room? You know, is the third baseman putting it on that they throw it around the infield? Is it the catcher putting it when he scrapes his shin guard as he throws it back to the pitcher? Is it the first baseman putting it on, on the ball as he throws it around? There's, there's no talent. There's no talent, and that's what we're going to find out. Hey, let me ask you. Go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, 
Is there signs that you are actually looking for an opposing pitcher from, okay, you're, you're a pitching coach, you're in the dugout, and is this something that you would actively like look for during the course of a game to see if a pitcher is doing that? Or is that 100%. something you do? You, that's something you guys actively kind of look at, and then yeah, I'll, go ahead. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the key to watch it is when the ball is not in the pitcher's hand. When the when the catcher has the ball, when the ball's hit and it's in play, that's when you got to look at the pitcher because that's when the pitcher is probably loading it up. He's not going to do it once he gets the ball right before they give the signs because right you know in front of God and everybody. Right, right. Well, the ball hits, gets hit to play to second base, throws to first, he's out, the ball starts getting thrown around, another ball gets in, put in play, they throw it to you, the ball's still being thrown around, there comes a new bat, the camera goes on the on-deck circle, there comes a new batter, pitcher's loading up right there. Boom, camera switches to the pitcher. As soon as the batter gets in the box, gives a sign, pitcher's already loaded up. Have you ever know, have you Have you seen somebody do it? Or call anybody Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Yeah. PC, I've, I've taught guys how to do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, See, I know let's that. Let's be honest here. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you do it when the camera's away from you. Yeah. Period. You want to catch somebody, you do it when the ball's away from the pitcher. Watch what he's doing. After the ball's hit, watch the pitcher. Watch where he puts his hand in his glove or on his hat or on his belt. Just keep your eye on him. You mentioned- Some guys are really, really bad at cheating. Some guys are, it, and that's why it's become almost a joke because some guys are really bad. You mentioned the fact that it could be happened from the catcher, the third baseman, somebody else out there. If it's not just the pitcher, should the pitcher be the only one that's facing a potential ten-game suspension? Well, that's where the umpires are going to have to watch the game. You can't have your head in the stands when this stuff is going on. If they've got video evidence, I'm telling you right now, somebody is on camera watching that pitcher like a hawk. If they've got evidence of any individual with it, with the hint of a chance, like I'm sure after this happened with Bauer, I'm sure every start, every visiting team, everybody was watching this guy like a hawk. Like a hawk. Same thing for for anybody that's implicated in this thing. All you got to do is, is look at the guys that have had the biggest spin rate drops and what's happened to their results. It's not it's not by chance, and it's not because of being a one start of bad mechanics. Come on, guys. You know we all know what's going on. And what you're going to start to see is these guys that were so dominant, so dominant, and you're starting to see it, aren't going to be as dominant as anymore. The huge strikeout games are going to be gone. You know, the near no-hitters are are going to be, you know, we we haven't really heard of any no-hitters lately, have we? (laughs) You know, it's so funny because they made such a big deal about the Astros thing, about you know stealing the signs and this and that. I mean, still, bottom line is you still have to hit uh, you know, a 97, 98-mile-an-hour fastball or you've got to hit a 93-mile-an-hour slider or whatever it is. You still got to, got to do that. And you never really hear you know, people ragging on pitchers 
who really have control and can doctor up this baseball and whatever it is, increase that spin rate, increase uh, you know, you know more more of the break and that and that sort of thing. It's just uh, almost kind of hypocritical in a sense, you know? Well, in a way, I think maybe one of the differences is, too, when you mentioned the Astros thing, it's kind of an isolated incident. It sounds like in this that, like Boz just said, I mean, he's taught players how to do it. This kind of seems like a thing that everybody's doing it. But if you're you're stealing signs from, you know, a young age as well, too. I mean, everybody is, is trying to steal signs. You know what I'm saying? Just, well, cheating's a lot. It's just to what degree? It, absolutely. And I'd call it cheating call it, or call it gamesmanship. I mean, if you're an old-school baseball player, you say, this isn't cheating. It's well, just no, gamesmanship. If you're on second base and you steal a sign, it's completely, that's what you're supposed that's to right. do. Or an on-deck hitter, right, Boz? Yeah. Or, or in the dugout. I mean, if you can pick up that stuff, and then you're trying to pick up a pitcher's tendencies as well, too. I mean, you've got a base runner on first, and you're sitting there going, okay, uh, this guy hasn't looked over. Uh, you know, to the to the base runner. Say you got a base runner at second, and he hasn't looked over there one time. Okay, well, okay, you got this guy timed out. I mean, to me, all of that is the same thing, and that's just gamesmanship, right? Banging on the drum is a little different. Than that is, yeah. And like I said, a lot of electronics, or standing sure. up or yeah. feet or hands on knees or hands off knees, completely different from that. You know, but yes, there's an art of it, and there's a part of it in the game that's supposed to be taught the right way. You know, and I was, I was taught by old school pitching coaches. How do you increase spin on your fastball? Well, you lengthen your stride or you shorten your stride. You want a better breaking ball? You get your toe down on your left foot. You stop landing on your heel. Your heels a break, your toes go. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they got all these geniuses at driveline and all that trying to increase your spin rate. How? by throwing around a two, two-and-a-half, three-pound ball, and you wonder why all these guys are blowing out their shoulders and their elbows at an early age. We weren't taught that way, TC. We were taught the right way mechanically. That's why me and a lot of my teammates and a lot of the guys that I've coached have never blown out, and that's the thing that I'm most proud of, you know, is teaching guys the right way to do it because I, I could not live with myself yeah, sure, I can I can still get a guy to throw 95, 96 mile an hour with hard work. Never once have I tried to tell somebody you're going to throw hard by throwing around a three-and-a-half-pound weighted ball. I would never do that. With as many no-hitters and potential no-hitters as we've had this year, do you think that that has spearheaded this move to make them do something about it now? If we didn't have all these no-hitters this season, would this be a bit, a, as big of a story and would baseball be trying to crack down on it as much? If, if offensive numbers were up just 15 points, the answer would be yes. They were still going to try to do something because the decline is so steep. I just saw a thing where there's 93 major league pitchers right now that average 96 miles an hour. That's unbelievable. That is a big, big, big number, and that tells you where we're going. But it also tells you that if we nip this in the butt with all this tiger claw, tiger glue, tiger, glue, tiger eye, spider tag, don't forget the spider, spider tag, yeah. whatever. <laughs> hey, what all it, of this stuff. These, I'm telling you right now, all these college kids are using it too. Yeah. So talk about that Garrett Cole press conference. When he was asked, uh, they, and, and they asked him if he used spider tag, he didn't know how to answer the question here. 
I mean, this guy's a veteran. He's been around. I mean, uh, boss, what was your take when you saw that? He would have been better off just saying, I'm not even going to answer that question because I'm not even going to get involved in this stuff. Right. Instead, it's, it's ridiculous for me to get involved. And the way he answered it, he had guilty all over himself the way he answered it. Was not, it was not a good posturing on his position. He didn't do good there. So I think Garrett Cole said that he, he has learned that from older pitchers. That's what he said. He's giving credit to you guys, the old school guys, Boz. Spider tack. Well, at least some of them listened, right? Yeah. This guy's one of the best in the game. I don't, I honestly, I have no idea what this dude's <laughs> using, but I, all I know, throwing 97, Spider tack ain't going to make you throw 97. Right. And he wasn't throwing 97 when, when he was with Pittsburgh when we beat them in the 95 playoffs. He was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure these guys that are pretty good will figure it out and remain good. Chris Bazio, my man, joins us talking a little Major League Baseball pitching. All right, my man. We will let you go. We appreciate the time as always. Uh, great knowledge. Great stuff. Uh, stay by the air conditioner there in Phoenix, huh? How about that? Oh, man, it's smoking down here. You guys take care. Appreciate you, man. All right, there he is. All right, buddy. Chris Bazio, author of a no-hitter, of course, back in the day, Cubs World Series champ, and uh, another proud member of Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. Got to give a shout-out. Speaking of which, my main man, Dusty Baker. Birthday today for Dusty. 72 today. 72. So, yep. So, gave him the, uh, the happy birthday this morning. And that you know what that means? Astro victory tonight. Go bet it. There you go. Oh, I thought it meant you were going to have a birthday dinner someplace in his honor or something like that. I will after a, a post-game uh, Aces birthday dinner for Dusty. There you go. Now, I'm sure that you're going to be eating before that, though, too. I mean, because yeah. you're not going all the way till the end of the Aces game before you eat. No, that's why i got to get out of here immediately. i gotta, <laughs> I got to fuel up exactly, you know, and then go do my costume change and do all that stuff. But, so. by the way, I know that this has nothing to do with anything we've been yeah. talking about. Have you ever seen the food disappear in the media section as soon as it did last night there were people coming there wondering where the food the chicken okay. italiano or whatever it's like all the, the the canadian media comes in here and it was gone you know <laughs> we could do a whole segment on this and you always talk and a lot of people talk about me and food all right and this this is one thing and everyone should know this okay what frank's referring to is when you go to these events, they feed you, you get the media, and at T-Mobile Now, it wasn't Arena, always that way at Vegas Golden Knights. Correct. You had to buy the meals and that, but with COVID yes. and everything, they're different. They, they lay out some food up there when and we first get in they're there. They're box meals, okay? Yeah. And every night it's something different. It could be, last night I think it was, it was chicken. It was chicken italiano. italiano. And then they have a right. couple vegan right. okay. possibility substitutions. So now of all these times, okay, and, and I will partake in these media meals at press conferences or you know before boxing matches or that that sort of thing but i think i'll speak for both of us neither one of us has ever dove into those pregame meals at the golden knights no i we don't do it we don't do it and i and the reason why i don't do it and i think the same reason you don't do it we're not crazy about the food and don't think it's good and i would rather in which i usually do i'll go down to the concourse, or I'll go into one of the other areas like Jack Daniels Lounge and, and get a fresh hot sandwich or go to Shake Shack, which I love there that they have at T-Mobile yeah, Arena. They have the Rolling Smoke Barbecue. Rolling they smoke. have the Pinks. They, 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 they do have a lot of different they do. food options They used options to have Chronic there. Taco when they yeah. had them. I used to go there and that sort of thing, and I will do that. So Frank and I abstain 
But it is hilarious to watch these media members go. And I, I really believe that a lot of these guys, they go to the game just to eat. Because either they can't afford a meal or they don't want to spend money on a meal. And they'll I think starve the up second. all day. I think it's mostly uh, the second. Okay. And they always complain about the yep. food, yet they still don't eat before <laughs> they come to the right. game. Now, let's be fair. They're, that's not everybody. I mean, there's a, no, 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 no. a high percentage of the media... They're working and they'll eat and this and that. They don't plan it, but a lot of guys and some will of them plan. do enjoy the meal. Some yeah, of them yeah. say, "Oh, that was right. pretty good last night." But some guys will just go ahead and, "Hey, this is my dinner. I'm gonna go. Really don't care." Because we have seen people that will eat the meal and leave before the game. I've seen that. We've been to press conferences way back in the day and stuff where people will go to a press conference and crash apart. It's like the wedding crashers. They'll go crash and stuff. And then they'll leave. I used to do a show with a guy that there would go, go to the pregame, to the press conferences and that, and hide food for later yeah. on. There you go. <laughs> and for the record, you know that was not me. No. <laughs> there you go. No, because, well, no, because if you take a picture of it and show everybody where it is, it's not hidden very they're, well. They're, they're, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, the, the whole food thing, you're right. So last night... I don't know if it was the Canadian invasion or what it was. Well, there was more media people there. <laughs> sure. That's for sure. But they scooped up that food before face-off. Oh, there were people coming in. They're looking, going, wait, they don't have any food tonight? No. I think there was one vegan substitution <laughs> dish left, and they're like, well, it's like, it's all gone. Look at the garbage. They had to empty the garbage can like three or four times because yes. it was just overflowing. Yes. These people are gluttons. You know, those, those media people, they, they, they are gluttons. For for the food, there's no the, doubt the about. The one it. thing that and then I, they complain about it, but you know why they're complaining? Because they banked on that as being their meal all day. Now, granted, if you're coming from work, you don't get you. I get that, and that's why these organizations feed the media because you're working, right. and those are long days and long nights. Absolutely. So yeah, know, I mean, and a, everybody a game, should partake. Yeah, a game day I'm can easily be twelve yeah. hours or more for right. a lot of so people. So we're having fun with it, but we're being serious too. As far as you know, you you should eat. You really should eat, but. You know, when you have ulterior motives, and we know some people that do, that's that's the funny part. The one thing that's always gotten under that's my skin. That's the terrible skin, part. The one thing that's always gotten under my skin is when I hear the media people and they complain about the food or yeah. this or that, but they come there and, like you say, they eat even though they don't like it or they know they're not going to like it or whatever. Mm. And then they're the same people on the air the next day or the, even that day before mm. when they're complaining about cities like, oh, Atlanta's a terrible town because people don't go and support their teams. They're paying for tickets. They're paying for their food. They're paying for their parking. You get everything free, and you're complaining about it. So, you know, before you go ripping somebody else for doing stuff, would you pay for all this before you say how terrible somebody else's fans are? That's one thing that's always gotten under my skin. All now right. I got it off my chest. There you go. Let's get some more off our chest. Terrible Tuesday takes next. Hey, this is Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King. And I'm here today ripping it up with T.C. Martin. All right, Las Vegas Aces in action tonight. That's right. Um, you can watch it on television, or if you're going to the game, fantastic. Or listen on the radio, down the dial. Uh, watch it on television and listen on the radio if you're not going to the game. That's nice. I like that. Okay? Be- because uh, let me tell you, the TV crew that I've seen doing the games do not exactly impress me. All right. Could be just me. All right. All right. But they haven't impressed. All right. The radio guy impressed you a little more? He's got more excitement and a little bit more pizzazz and character and stuff like that. Sometimes he is a bit of a character, but... Uh. Just because you are a character doesn't mean you have a character. All right. Yes, you can join me at 1100 AM, 100.9 FM, pregame 630. Got uh, my one-on-one spotlight interview tonight with A.J. Wilson and, then of course, uh, Bill Lambeer. So 
probably uh, enjoy those interviews starting at 6.30. We tip it off a little after 7 o'clock tonight as the Aces take on the New York Liberty. And uh, I just found out I will be on with Brian Salmon on News 3 tonight at approximately 6.45. So I'm going to try to jockey that in between my pregame show and all that stuff. So, Or you can like watch Channel 3 for at 6.45 and see me and B-Sal. I'm just wondering, do I have to go get a flower now? So for now my you lapel? gotta get food and a flower? Oh, jeez. That's, that's, that's a little bit too much, right? Cutting it close. Cutting ah! it close. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, Shelly Houlihan, the American record holder in the 1,500 and 5,000 meters. Now, you're a track guy, so I know that you can appreciate Love this. track and field. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, Shelby Houlihan has been banned for four years. No Olympic Games for her. Why, you ask? She had a positive test. The cause? A burrito. Oh, yeah. A tainted pork, pork burrito. burrito. Yes. Houlihan's announcement uh, came yesterday, days after the start of the U.S. Olympic track and field trials in Eugene, Oregon, where the top three in each event earn a spot to the Tokyo Games. She finished 11th at the 2016 Rio Games in the 5,000 meters. Houlihan received an email from the Athletics Integrity Unit, the AIU, back on January 14th, notifying her that her drug testing sample returned a finding of an antibiotic steroid. The steroid eating pork. Now, she claims this is a known fact that eating pork leads to these false positives. So she's getting an attorney. She's trying to fight this. Houlihan made a list of all the food that she ate leading up to the December 15th test that produced this, uh, this finding of the steroid. And they concluded that the most likely explanation was a burrito purchased and consumed approximately 10 hours before the drug test at an authentic Mexican food truck that serves pig offal near her house in Beaverton, Oregon. Here we go, the food trucks. I always tell people, stay away from the food trucks. Now, I've heard people, and I know the NFL does this when teams go down there to play in Mexico City. They tell them not to eat the local cuisine in that because there's steroids and, and stuff and a lot of that food down there. But now any Mexican restaurant or food truck you go to and pork, pork, it's the, it's the other white meat. And by the way, it's steroid induced or something. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, the one thing about steroids is. I always actually like it when somebody finally comes out and says, yeah, I did it. Because there's always an excuse otherwise. But there's a second step to that story there. When you just said that, it's a four-year ban. Mm -hmm. That's a ban over the next two Olympics. True. Because remember, they were supposed to be the 2020 Olympics. So that would be this Olympics and the next one, which would be 2024. So that ban is even huger than it looks with the four years. I hope that they get get rid of this, they appeal it, and and she gets to compete uh, a pork burrito. Are you kidding me? A burrito. Stop. I've got more pork stories there. There you go. An Ohio high school football coach and six other coaches were fired after making a player eat what? Pork. Pork. Yeah, for punishment for missing a voluntary workout. Now you say, why is that punishment? Well, the student was of Hebrew faith. Right. So 
does not the student does not eat pork. They forced him to sit in the middle of a gym floor after a workout to eat an entire pepperoni pizza. The player took off the pepperoni and ate the rest of the pizza. So now the family is suing the school district, which they probably should. I mean, you I, can't. Do, I mean, right? that's religious persecution. Yes, exactly. And now, I'm not somebody who likes all this new world culture and this, but I mean, that's just. That's over the line. And again, there were players involved that were taunting the kid and doing it. And now they're trying to turn it around. The coach is saying, oh, wait a minute. You know, uh, I offered to get the kid chicken fingers instead. Uh, but he says, no, no, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll eat the pizza. But I'm just going to go ahead and, and pick it off. But again, this is no different than bullying. It's the exact same thing, and for coaches to go through with this type of stuff, it's no different than hazing. If you know a kid can't eat pork, and the whole reason, and they knew, of course they knew. That's why they said, hey, you know, you missed a voluntary workout. Let's talk about that part, a voluntary workout. You're punishing a kid. You're in high school. Are you stupid? I mean, you really must be moronic to go through these these things nowadays when you know it's going to hit social media. And yeah, a coach does deserve to lose his job because that's not how you, you're supposed to treat a, a player or a situation like this. Okay, you're going to make someone go against their religious faith and you're going to humiliate them on top of that? I mean, there's so much wrong to this story. Well, there's everything wrong with this story. First off, usually coaches try to deny and say, well, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. The coach was an active participant in this. That's absolutely ridiculous. He's not only encouraging bullying on his team, he's the one orchestrating it. He's got to go. That's it. All right. Um, you know, Charles Barkley, is, he's been doing the basketball games forever. And this actually has a little bit of a tie-in with a story a while back with Liz Cambage. Remember when Liz Cambage and the, the coach of Connecticut, mm-hmm. and he said that, you know, she was 300 pounds, and she said it was body shaming, and she was big and that? Well, Charles Barkley, for years now on TNT, before and after the games and at halftime, has often talked about the, um, the plus-size women down in San Antonio and said how much he enjoys them and likes them and this and that. But he said that they're big women. Well, now he's being called to the carpet for that. Can't say that anymore, even though he's been doing it for 10 to 15 years on the air. Charles Barkley says it's a cancer culture thing. A cancel culture, not cancer. <laughs> right. Cancel culture right. thing. Right. Where all of a sudden he said you can't even have fun with people anymore. You can't do anything that you want to. So he threw out an apology, kind of, to the women of San Antonio. Said he apologized, but then really kind of said that he's not really apologizing because he's just having fun with people. Everybody's too sensitive. And then threw in there, by the way, he's 58 years old now. Said, I'm working until I'm, uh, I'm 60. Then I'm leaving here anyhow. I've got enough money. If I don't have enough money, then I'm a complete idiot. So if you want to fire me now, then go ahead and fire me. And at 60, I'm not working my whole life because that's just dumb. So he kind of said, I'm sorry for it, but really it sounds like he said, I'm sorry that I couldn't retire before this came to fruition. So he did apologize, but he says, look, I'm just having fun. Now remember, this is a guy who was known as the round mound of rebound. Mm -hmm. He has no problem with calling plus-size women and saying this and that, but you can't do that kind of stuff anymore. To be honest, if it was anybody but Charles Barkley... They would have called him out on this a long time ago. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Barkley is one of those guys that uh, he's very free with his speech. He does get in trouble, but he rarely gets reprimanded. You know, he, he did now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's because a woman from San Antonio right. actually sent a letter in that and complained about it. And he's like, "I've been doing this stuff for yeah. 
for years and years and years. Some people say it's been about nine years. Some people say it's been as many as 15. He's like, yeah, I've always done it. And he said, he said, I never called this woman fat. I never called out any individual women. I said that San Antonio has a lot of big booty women and plus size women. He's like, I'm sick of this world where you can't even have fun anymore. I kind of agree with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and again, you know, this you got to be careful what you say. But how there is like a double standard here. Certain guys will lose their jobs. They'll at least get suspended. But, you know, because Bar- Barkley has that popularity and people say, well, it's just Charles being, you know, Charles. And they don't want to lose him on the TNT show. No, he's it, one of the reasons people it, tune it, in. It, exactly. Because he's off the cuff and because he's colorful right, and you right. never know what he's going to say. But should that be an excuse? Because anybody lesser, I guess, or anybody that maybe is a more serious uh, demeanor, They'd probably be gone. Oh, they definitely right? would have been gone. And again, it's double standard. Well, here's the whole difference. He's bringing in ratings and he's bringing in money. Mm-hmm. That's why he's still there. Why did Bobby Knight stay at Indiana so long? Mm-hmm. He did so many things mm-hmm. that would have got anybody else fired. But he was as soon as Indiana quit winning basketball games, Bobby Knight went down to Texas Tech. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. In uh, kind of a correlated story, and I say correlated because we mentioned TNT. Turner Broadcasting and CNN is a, a partner in the parent company of that, right? Everybody's part of a conglomerate these days. This is true. <laughs> All right. So you, people may remember Jeffrey Tunin. Okay? Not really a sports guy, but he worked for CNN. He was always that legal analyst. We've seen him on every major trial and everything. And I think a lot of people, they, they may remember this story or maybe they say, hey, I haven't seen Jeffrey Tunin around. Well, Jeffrey Tunin is back. Tunin's a good name for a TV guy. It, it is. It is. <laughs> but really not for this story, though, because Tunin was Tunin something. Now, he was actually fired by CNN a few months ago, but now Jeffrey Tunin is back. And he came back to do an interview on CNN, on the set. And a lot of people were not happy about his return. Here's a clip from the interview. Let's bring in CNN chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin to talk about this and more. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Allison. It's been a while. It has been a while, indeed. I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. So... Uh, I guess I'll recap. I'll do the honors. <laughs> Help yourself. Okay. Um, in October, you were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from the New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. Uh, you were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right. Sad to say. Okay, so let's start there. Okay. Um, to quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much, and um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I, I wouldn't exactly say in my defense, because nothing is really in my defense, I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You thought that you had turned off your camera? Correct. I thought that I had turned off the Zoom call. Now, that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible, but, I mean, that, that that, that is part of the story. Um, and, you know, I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life, I can certainly 
confess, um, trying to be a better person. I mean, in therapy, trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly am going to continue to do, working on a new book about the Oklahoma City bombing. There it is, Jeffrey Tobin. Uh, Tobin, you remember him uh, from CNN. So, should he have his job back or not? No. First off, what kind of addiction do you have that you have to do that right during a Zoom call, even if you you, you thought you had it off? That's not an excuse. And what's his new moniker? Jeffrey Tubin Hand? I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. And by the way, I'm not going to that food bank he's working at either. There's just nothing right about this story, and he's just so nonchalant. Oh, I was going through some problems in my life, and that. Yeah, obviously, you just created the problems in your life or whatever. Get the hell out of here. What is wrong with you? Okay. At least if he said, I was on some kind of medication and there was a condition. To, oh, I was just bummed out, Ned. So I thought, oh, uh, hey, the call's over. I'm going to rub one out now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so now I'm not going to defend him there, but let's, let's flip the script a little bit. So you're on a Zoom call, and he's doing that because he didn't think the camera was on. But say if his camera is off, isn't that a, a private matter? And no one would be concerned whatsoever if this guy's rubbing one out like you said. But is the only issue here, it's not rubbing one out is bad. It's because some people may have seen it on a Zoom call. Because you're an idiot. Right, he's an idiot. You don't think it's off. You make sure it's off. And then you close the lid on your laptop and everything else. What are you doing? So It's one, inexcusable. Right. It's absolutely stupid and ridiculous. The guy should never work again in media. But then it is okay to rub one out, though. Well, I mean, people do it all the time. You know, not everybody can afford speed dial three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe thought he was doing a new show, a one man show. <laughs> yeah. a very handy anchor. Uh, how about him for for coming and doing this interview, though? A little credit for that. It's kind of weird. No, huh? Why would you bring it back up uh, and even yeah. just let it go yeah. away? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, it is unusual that uh, again he, he's let go. He's come back. He's doing an interview. He's willing to, I guess, uh, attack it. Is he trying uh, to get his for, name back out there? I don't guess so. I, I don't you know. know. But uh, Jeffrey Tubin's new Pornhub channel. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin is, is is back. I guess. All right. There you go. <laughs> I don't even want to follow that. <laughs> okay, I will. Okay. Well, well, since we're talking about guys that um are kind of uh, annoying. Aaron Rodgers kind of wrong. <laughs> was, uh, you know, he's got a... Well, a lot big, of people like to rub that guy out. Yeah, he, he, he's got a big golf match coming up, big as far as their TV ratings trying to make some money. I think some of it's going to charity, so that's a good thing. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing with uh, DeChambeau in a match against Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Right. So they recently had a little press conference talking about that event coming up, and Tom Brady threw a little shade at Aaron Rodgers, you know, because they're trying to promote things and get him... Is there all four on a conference call? A Zoom call where nothing inappropriate, to my knowledge, did go on. But Brady basically said, hey, you know, DeChambeau, he might want to question your golf partner there because, you know, you know, he doesn't necessarily go for it all the time. <laughs> Rogers basically said, well, you know, sometimes it's not my decision. Yep. And Brady said, well, yeah, well, this time it will be, so no excuses or whatever, kind of. DeChambeau and Rogers said, well, we're better golfers, we're going to win. But he was referencing the fact of yep. on the field goal that the Packers kicked, which Aaron Rodgers was not happy Fourth about. Fourth and goal but, from the eighth. But, I mean, you know what? Let's when you have goal. as many Super Bowl rings as Tom Brady, 
you're one of the guys out there that can actually throw shade at Aaron Rodgers about what you've done. And yeah. I thought it was good natured in that. But when he first said it, the look on Rodgers' face was kind of like, you son of a... And here's the thing about that. No, you got to know both these guys' personalities. Brady is a fun-loving guy. And, you know, this event is On supposed the boat to be, and off. Exactly. <laughs> and this event is supposed to be fun. You got the wrong guy. Okay? Rodgers is not that fun guy. He is introverted. He's, you know, so self-absorbed, unlike Brady. So, again, it's, you know, cool on Brady's part to do that. But, you know, the, the matchmakers who are doing this thing to broadcast this, you picked the wrong guy on Aaron Rodgers. You could have got somebody a lot more personable that w- is going to come across, you know, better in not only the event itself, but just in the preparation as well, too. Now, I you will know, say promoting. from my understanding, Rodgers is a pretty good golfer, I believe. I don't know how good there's Brady is. There's a lot of guys. Oh, no, there's a lot yeah, of guys that yeah, are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you Go just, get Steph Curry, well, you know? If, well, if you just want a golfer and you want yeah. it to be another quarterback, have it be Tony Romo or somebody, a so, former quarterback. There you go. I mean, he's he's a very – he he almost turned perfect, pro. Perfect, perfect, personable. Yeah, but they want to go with the two current NFL players, so I get that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we know that Jokic got the MVP, and the Denver Nuggets uh, went out, and, no, and Jokic, uh, Jokic went out. Uh, of the eject, got ejected in the game four of the Nuggets. The season ended, but prior to this, he got his award, and it was presented by Kia. And they decided to present him with the award, and it sounded like this. So today, it's my distinct honor to present Nikola Kovic. Kokic, I'm sorry. No. Of the Denver Nuggets with the 2020 no. 2021 Kia NBA Most God, Valuable Player it. of the Year Award. Congratulations. Oh my. The Kia guy got it wrong. Couldn't even say the guy's name. All you have to do is practice over and over and over again. Now, I understand he could be nervous or whatever, but you got to get the name right. Well, yeah, and if you don't know how to pronounce it, you make sure that somebody knows that you do before you do. You have one thing to do. You're presenting the award. It's like when when a AD at, at a school or something brings in somebody new and they mispronounce their name or something right. or the president of the university. I saw something similar to this recently. Uh, as I'm staying up late at night... Uh, and I'm watching the Seth Meyers show that Amber says what segment's on. And she was talking about Naomi Osaka at the French Open. What does she do? She goes, oh, and then another woman actually got injured at that. So, haha, French Open that somebody else had to pull out. Pedra Kivta. Or, it was Petra Kvitova. She wants to bring another person's name in and completely butchers it and has no idea what the hell she's talking about. When you're going to say somebody's name at a press conference like this or on national or even international media, at least do the homework and know how to pronounce the damn thing. It's not that. You can YouTube it. (laughs) Jokic, MVP, Kia guy, got it wrong. Uh, All right. I'm going to leave you with this one. Uh, Tom Amiano, 79 years old, got a box in the mail. Something that he actually earned 60 years ago. It was a varsity letter. I thought it was like a Purple Heart or something, maybe. No, exactly. Varsity letter school. This is actually a pretty good story, but it started out as a terrible story. He was a track athlete back in the day at Immaculate Conception High School in New Jersey. He was bullied as a kid because he was gay. Now, we're going back 60-plus years ago at a Catholic school in New When Jersey. that stuff happened all the time. When exactly. actually, it, it, at some Catholic schools, if they would have known right. he was gay, they would have never let him in. So he was 106 pounds. He said four or five guys would shove him into lockers. And so he was on the track team. And he was, he was fast. But he got to be fast because he always ran away from these kids. So 
He's on the, 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 the track team, and they have a point system for you to earn your varsity letter. Well, it's one of the last meets of the season, and lo and behold, he won his race. So therefore, he earned his varsity letter. However, when they had the banquet a couple weeks later, the coach refused to give him the letter because he was gay and said, sorry, but we don't give gay athletes that. So 60 years later, he gets a box in the mail with his varsity letter. He's 79 years old now, and it took him 60-plus years to get his letter. Well, and I guess it's kind of appropriate, too, that if he's going to get his letter now, it would be during Pride Month. Yeah. So it all kind of ties in. So, But but no, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's like, and again, if you're 106 pounds and you're in high school, I don't care how tough you are. You better learn how to be fast because, yeah. uh, you know, the run forest run thing and that kind of stuff, when they catch you, they, he probably took some pretty good beatings. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy uh, to, to actually go through that. But uh, nice At least gesture. he lived long enough to still get it. But here's the deal. Why do, why, what took so long? What took so long? You could have done it 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago. I'm just, you know, the guy's 79 years old. We hear a lot of these stories where people get pardoned or they get kind of stuff after they're passed. So you're right. Yeah, posthumously it could have been. That's why I'm saying 79 is, you know, it was an immaculate misconception. (laughs) Okay, Franco Harris. (laughs) All right, want to thank Scott Spricer for joining us. Chris Bazio as well. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Tomorrow we've got more Golden Knights uh, talk. Uh, Matt Holt uh, will, will join us uh, tomorrow as well. Plus, uh, we'll be hearing from uh, B.J. Armstrong, some NBA playoffs, all kinds of great stuff. The Good Doctor is going to join us, I believe, on Friday as well, too. Christina Madison. So now that COVID's pretty much wide open, California's opening to everything today. So we'll get our thoughts on all that and more. All right, ballpark, we uh, we convene tomorrow too, and we get ready for Golden Knights game two tomorrow. And uh, like I said, get ready for some Las Vegas Aces uh, tonight in NBA playoff yeah, you're, action you, on TV as well too. Yeah, you're doing that kind of juggling between Knights, Aces, Knights, Aces. Here we go. Then Knights Friday with the watch party out of Sunset. Yeah, yeah, at Sunset Station. We'll be there for that too. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.